Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the WWE Smackdown preview. I'm Michael Hadford from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything that could happen on tonight's edition of Smackdown. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only preview and review Smackdown, but also Raw, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh, Dynamite Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We also hold wrestler interviews, roundtables, and have a roundup of the week, not this week, but coming soon with the bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Sige, yeah, took me three goals to get that intro right. Yeah, and uh, pull back the cloth on that one. Um, I wonder if it was because subconsciously I was looking for my botch to give us something to talk about at the start of this because WWE ain't giving us much, they like, ain't giving us much, they don't ever give us much. Um, am I ready for a good time? It hasn't been the theme for years. I know you love that bit. I know you love that bit. But, like, now it's just one of them generic noise, like... I'll just skip it. Pop, hip-hop bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, like, just noise in the background that plays over that, like, progressive thing. And Michael Cole, I don't know, what, like, shouting PWG facts to impress Twitter? Whatever it is he yes, does, whatever, whatever his stick is now. I'm not ready for a good time. Um, I... I'm not vindicated by my... Eh, it's all right. For WWE. This bloodline stuff. Mm. But it's not even a hot version of something I'm not into that I can sort of pick apart and analyze, if not enjoy or give credit to objectively. Like, this thing is piss poor now. Like, this thing is piss poor. And SmackDown was completely dominated by this saga to the point where even Sheamus in the media was like, oh, it's Young and the Restless. Yeah, for 40 minutes, and then I get, what, what, eight minutes for a match? Like, what, how am I meant to get over? How is anyone meant to get over? Um, so I got, I got a take on that in a minute, but yeah. So it wasn't already my thing. Mm. Um, I think he was annoyed, rightly in my opinion, that he looked like the, one of the best baby faces in the company. Yeah. After the Gunther match, and I pissed that away. Anyway, I this thing that I want to ask you what it's about now, mm. because I am confused... It is a bold strategy cotton yep. to put Jay Uso on Raw for the ostensible primary purpose of dragging this thing out. But by putting Jay Uso on Raw, not that it matters, they'll float, it's stupid. Having Jimmy and Solo anchor this thing mm. is, on the evidence I've seen, if not necessarily understood, a... Terrible idea. 
Like a actual, if it didn't jump the shark at SummerSlam, this is a piss poor idea because they're not good at acting. No, I'll I'll disagree first because then otherwise we're in total agreement. I know sometimes that's boring for listeners, especially those that like like this show still or are fully invested in the bloodline. I know there's people out there. Uh, I think it's all about how you frame this sort of thing. I don't consider Jay Uso's move to be dragging it out. I think it's quite a creative. I don't particularly want them to get all the way at WrestleMania, but they do within the company. So I think so they're dragging it out. To no, get... I think this is like okay. I love, is. I love Jay Uso to Raw. I think it's amazing. Like it's honestly one of my favorite storyline developments in the company in months because it's a development. It's it makes a, Raw better. Makes Raw better. It's a character. You have SmackDown. <laughs> it's a character development for Jay Uso because this is a new like character he has to play. He's not just Jay Uso of the bloodline. He's not even Jay Uso. Fighting back the emotions about what to do with the Roman Reigns. It's Jey Uso trying to thrive in an environment where everybody hates him because of his prior deeds. That's actual character development. And it's not just development for him. We saw on Raw, it was development for Drew McIntyre, for Matt Riddle, for Sami Zayn. And when he returns, Kevin Owens. It's character development for all of these people. And there is more to come, uh, clearly. And what that, Dominic Mysterio, another one. And what that is, is a bunch of... Uh, what we talked about in AEW yesterday, like the bigger picture is MJF and Adam Cole that is currently being serviced by MJF versus Samoa Joe. Yes. The bigger picture is Jimmy versus Jay that is currently being serviced by Jay versus Drew, Jay and Sammy. Thanks, Hamflat. I'm well aware of what an analogy is. Asshole. Like, <laughs> what I'm saying is, all right, well, so if I, if I said to you... If I, the thing I was telling you about earlier. If I said to you, uh, well, they're just dragging out MJF and Adam Cole. You'd disagree with that, wouldn't you? So there we go. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're dragging something out. I think they're trying to service a bigger picture for a bigger program for a huge match on a WrestleMania show. Right. Yes. So that's what I believe is happening with okay. Jimmy and Jay. Where I agree with you 100% is Jimmy and Solo already feels like bloodline falling off. Because last week, I couldn't get over how stupid and cheesy it felt when Jimmy and J- Solo were in the ring together. And Solo was like, should I trust him? And Jimmy throws up the ones. And he's already said, I'd, I'm not doing this for Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a garbage person. Uh, and now they're going to say, but you're different. You're my brother. Never mind bloodline. You're actual blood. What, something like that. You know, that's, yeah. that's what his motivation is. I get that. But it doesn't feel believable. Have the, what day is it? Well, it's Friday. Yeah, well, it's not Monday or Tuesday, so I'm not talking about Raw. I don't have to do that, so but I'm not going to do that. It's tied together. Like, it, it's tied to the storyline. Rey Mysterio... I'm being facetious, man. Rey Mysterio was sent to... This is... It's a repeat of last year. Were, Rey Mysterio begged to go to SmackDown at Dodge fighting his son. Yeah. It's a creative way in my... And as well, to tie it back to SmackDown, to your point, I love this uh, trade compensation deal because, again... I don't, because the draft makes no sense. Raw is going to be <laughs> exploded yeah, yeah, yeah. as a result of somebody moving. And that person is going to move to SmackDown. And let's say they just go Route 1 and it is Cody. Cody's coming to SmackDown to get his match against Roman Reigns. I don't think it is going to be Cody. I think there's something more creative in mind there. I think they want to stir the pot on Raw with it. Somebody's going to go to SmackDown as a result of Jay coming to Raw, which already tethers them to Jimmy and Solo. And like that already kind of puts them into their world. And my biggest complaint, and this is where I'm going to be positive about this, my biggest complaint about the bloodline heading into SummerSlam specifically was just how much in need this was of a few new people. To Seamus' complaint, where I, where I think, shut up, Seamus, 
is that like wrestling has always followed the numbers, always. Ah, yeah. So like Soz, Seamus, like your match against Gunther was like the best WWE match of the year, and you're finally getting your flowers that I think lots of us would argue he's probably deserved for longer that that he's been able to get them. But like tough. Like the balance that could be struck. Yeah, agree. But like, I think LA Knight overshadowing him as well. Yeah, there's more reasons than just the bloodline why yeah. Sheamus hasn't had ring time. But Who's standing up for the bloodline over here. I don't argue for 40 minute segments, but I'll argue for 20. Okay. Like it's it's it was when it was good. You only did 40 once realistically. When it was good, it was really hot. And I'm the one who would like sit here with Wilborn every week and fight him over the Cody Rhodes WrestleMania decision. Yeah, which I still maintain was wrong. Nothing that's happened in the bloodline has needed Roman to be champion. Yes. Cody, Cody was okay afterwards. Cody beating Roman when he's got nobody is inferior to Cody beating Roman when he's solved the problems. And I wish people would understand that. Yeah. Like, like, the only thing Roman's got left is a belt. Well, then he's weaker then. He's weaker then. And it doesn't like, make it as much of a towering achievement. I'll never defend any of that. But in the development of the Bloodline story post-WrestleMania, I'll remember how I felt when Jey Uso low-blowed Roman for the Usos to beat Roman and Solo money in the bank and like there's stuff that stuck with me that I kind of like feel like I could back this story for a while you don't do a 40 minute Jey Uso Roman Reigns SummerSlam main event you just don't do that they don't, why would you ever do that the Jimmy Uso turn I thought was I didn't understand why people were complaining because I thought it was foreshadowed in the story what I didn't like was Jimmy Uso's terrible acting Jimmy Uso's terrible acting the following up last week and Jimmy Uso being this disruptive heel on SmackDown, on a show without Roman Reigns. Like, he is not... So so Roman Reigns isn't around. Jey Uso's reached the point where he could kind of be the pretend main eventer. I think that's Jey Uso's level right now. If Roman, if Roman is, wasn't on SmackDown, Jey Uso has reached a level where I think, I'll buy you faking that you're the top star on this brand. Yes. Jimmy isn't, and I don't make the nah, rules. Jimmy's not very I, good. I don't make the rules, but he isn't. Jimmy's and not very good. They're telling you right now... That like he's this guy that's really uh, the the straw that stirs the drink around here. Is that what he is? Is that what this guy? So he's not he's not on Roman's side, but he loves Solo and he wants to. And he threw the one up and he wants to get back on terms with Solo and maybe he wants to speak to Paul Heyman. Who knows? And he's bothering the OC enough to annoy Mia Yim and AJ Styles, which sets us up segues us to AJ Styles versus Jimmy Uso tonight. Leader of arguably the two biggest stables on SmackDown. Sure uh, sucks, man. <laughs> like Raw is all right. Yeah, Raw I think is Raw's thriving in contrast to SmackDown. I like, I like Raw. I look forward to like more of the characters on Raw than on SmackDown. Even though you mentioned someone like an LA Knight, you kind of feels like the guy that's looking to smash the glass ceiling. Jimmy Uso doesn't carry the load. He just like there's no heft. In my opinion, I think that's going to underpin a lot of this. It's going to undermine, sorry, a lot of this. The more they try and sell you on this guy being the disrupt, the great disruptor. Right. Before I preview Jimmy Uso versus AJ Styles, spoiler alert, it will not be very good. <laughs> Literally everything in pro wrestling is dragged out. Or yeah. Almost everything. Or dumb. It's a bit dumb sometimes. But the point I'm making, it's all it's always dumb. <laughs> it's a separate point. The point I'm making about MJF and Cole and the Bloodline. All episodic television and wrestling, and most of it gets dragged out. Yeah. That is just f- fundamental to the 52 episodes a year model. Mm. That is just, it's all dragged out. It's whether you can do a good job of 
building and building and building and building and building and making it better and better and more and more compelling. Yes, yeah. obviously, you can take a few weeks where the peaks and troughs where, oh, I peaked at the pay-per-view, so like simmer it, simmer it, and then peak it again. Yeah. This feels like an actual flatline to me, this bloodline. <laughs> more like flatline. Like it feels dragged <laughs> out. It feels like decline. Well, is this anywhere near as good as it was at WrestleMania? No. Or at Money in the Bank. Peaks at Money in the Bank for me. Yeah. So the, it feels, everything gets dragged out. Yeah. This feels, this actually feels like it's being dragged out. When I watched Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa on SmackDown last week, I just had that inescapable feeling of, all right, this is dead. Mm. Something I didn't even like that much is dead. Um, it's like when, you know, you got like a favorite band or a band that you really like. And then uh, I don't. I wouldn't. No, I don't know what that's like. What t-shirt <laughs> I, are you wearing? Your MSG? It's the New Japan one today. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you have got a band that you really like and yeah. you follow, and you get new interests or you like different bands. You're probably the wrong person to use this <laughs> analogy for. Or like you like, um, you know, you go from oh, I really like metal. Oh no, I keep my hardcores around, but I'm always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The New Music Friday is vital, isn't it? Is yeah. it like you like metal in comprehensive school, yeah. high school? Okay. And then you go a bit more alt-rock in your taste, and that goes to indie rock, and then metal becomes this thing that you don't necessarily need it as this angsty outlet or whatever. Yeah. And then you just, ah, I could do with some metal in my diet again. And you just go back to one of those bands, mm-hmm. and you think, the hell happened to these? <laughs> got a new singer. Yeah, I, there's one member that's the same. Yeah, yeah. one member that's the same. Why are they still called that? That is the exact same energy yeah. as watching Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso do that terrible acting, those terrible performances in this. Like, as much as it's going to benefit Raw, and I do appreciate your insights and can get behind them on the Raw side of things, having Jimmy Solo and even Heyman anchor this stuff on Fridays when Roman's just gone, I think that it's a bad idea. It's Scott Steiner wearing the main event Mafia merchandise. Yeah. It's still a thing. It's still a thing. No, it's not. No, it's not Scott, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I, um, I don't think it was very good at all. I don't that this Jimmy Uso thing, it's like... Uh, so he turned on Jay because he was frightened that Jay was becoming Roman and that if he were to become the tribal chief, the exact same thing that would happen to Roman yeah. would happen to Jay. Yes. Then, on subsequent weeks in SmackDown... A stupid reason to turn when you had a different one. Just forget that. Like You were abandoned. I was in the hospital. You were abandoned in the hospital. chased the belt when I was in the hospital. You care more about your glory than your blood. And then that's like plausible deniability, isn't it? It's like, I I don't think you do care about me. And then Jay's like, of course I do. It's both. I wanted to beat Roman, but of course I love you. Jimmy could just say, I I don't believe you. And there's your story. It didn't need to be... This grandiosity, it's, it's got Paul Heyman all over it. That it's, explanation has got Paul Heyman all over it. thinks it's really clever, this, yeah. and it just isn't. So Jimmy now is lying about his motives, because I you think... Th- no, I. this is the thing, right? He, like, they, it was quite a nice bit. Roman Reigns, again, carries these things when he's in them, when he's actually there. Jimmy Uso being like, I don't want you to turn into Roman Reigns. Like, this guy's a piece of shit. Like that, Roman is pretty furious. What? What are you talking about? Like, he means it. Jimmy means it, I think. I don't think he's lying, but I think he's deluded. Yeah. So the reason why he's gravitating back to Solo is, like, that's almost, he's trying to, like, 
vindicate himself. He's saying, look, it's not you don't want to be the tribal chief solo. You just want to be this hard guy and we're Samoans and we're brothers. And So he wants the three of them and not Roman to be together. I think so. So why is... Because Solo, who doesn't care about this, obviously, was about to spike him last week. Uh-huh. And Heyman was like, no, 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 no. You know, there's absolutely incredible facial expressions. <laughs> so does Roman, through Heyman... No, no, don't do that. Uh, Jimmy, Solo, please. I need him to stay in line because I need the bloodline all back together sort of thing. I, this is where it goes fuzzy for me. So that's what yeah. I think. What do you think? I agree. Like, I think they're trying to suggest that either Paul Heyman is acting through Roman that we kind of, oh, we could get Jimmy back on side here. But I think this is where it goes fuzzy and why you can't do these. Um, you coined this ages ago. You said, like, what was it? Like, they were in the NWO, uh, like, 1999. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. Like, NWO Elite era, like, January 4th, finger pokes, stuff like Jimmy, we're putting them back together again. Well, that's you know, not something we're dragging out where it's like, you're not doing anything good with it, you're just doing it because it's popular. Yeah, that like, the story... And it's lucrative, which is I, fine. The story of Jay versus Jimmy is something they care about. The story of Roman as, as champion is something they care about. The details that used to exist to facilitate those things, the bigger stories are, like, kind of eroding away on SmackDown. Yeah. And it's like, it's frustrating to watch because I just think they could have kept it relatively simple it's, it's only WWE it's only wrestling like they could have kept it a lot more like love that yeah. only wrestling you know all wrestling does this like well, yeah, it does it does <laughs> it does now golden era is over uh, every golden era dies like uh, every every golden era rusts like uh, it's, uh, it's in rust right now is wrestling yeah somebody's got the uh, WD-40 on AW after this week's Dynamite and that was nice to see yes like uh, AW's not as good as it was WWE feels like they've missed that WrestleMania 39 peak where, like, for 90... They'll, they'll, they'll pull it back for 40. We think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. New Japan. Oh, that's, like, that's never coming back. What's, <laughs> what's annoying me about New Japan? This is a riff, because I don't really want to talk about Jimmy Uso versus AJ Styles. It might shock you to, to, to listen to this, but I'm not really fantasy booking spots in my head about how good this match could be. No. Because, they, because Jimmy Uso's not the best... He isn't. He's going to win. Simone Spike by Solo. He's going to, he's going to beat AJ and Styles. AJ Styles is like, he's kind of a nothing wrestler. A bit. He was pretty good in that four-way mm-hmm. a few weeks back, remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you're meant to like this. But New Japan, right, is they told you ahead of the G1 this year, bonus New Japan content on a podcast. Hi. That um, the G one lie, Max. G one that lie, <laughs> where you are told right, there's the three new Musketeers. That's a storyline device to get the Bullet Club War Dogs, who were like quarantined and like all the rest of it, mm. and who like the company don't care about. To give them a reason to just disrupt the order of New Japan and don't even like adhere to the bell time and just kick ass and brawl and fight on your own terms in your own time not in the sanctioned way that New Japan wants them to do. And then you've got, like, Hikaleo, who went inexplicably far and advanced inexplicably far. And then you've got, like, like Tangaloa, who's not good. Like, not good. That's and a good L. You're told to, right, here's what I was interpreted from the G1 field this year with the extra blocks and everyone gets a shot, was that, right, step up, Naito's broken, 
Tanahashi's fundamentally pinished now. Mm-hmm. He's not just wearing down, he's pinished. Yeah. Um, Okada is, uh, you know, it's creeping up on Okada as time as well. Tried to be creative with Okada again this year. Yeah. So it almost oh, felt like, amazing. It almost felt like the G1 wasn't part of his story this year. Yeah, he's been amazing this year. I've loved him, but his story very much is he is slowly exiting his physical prime. Yeah. And he's decided, and again, all of this is noble failure stuff from Ghetto, in my opinion. They're telling the story of the Carter now where he's not quite the rainmaker, playboy. You know, he's not at the same level he was when he was like in the flares. Mm-hmm. That's the story with the Carter now. And he's resentful and he's defiant and he's not letting like, the sands of time slip through his fingers. And lovely there because he should really now have to figure out how to become Tanahashi. Yeah. And that's a really nice way to tie oh, that thing up, isn't it? Like, so you've got this meritocracy of a G1 where it's like, well, tell you what, we'll give everyone a chance, expand the field, every name heavyweight wrestler or virtually every heavyweight wrestler in the core New Japan arm of the company will put you in the G1. So the G1 itself, until the last two nights or whatever, loses its luster. There's too much filler, too much mid. But it's all with a noble idea of, right, well, you've all got a chance to get over. You'll all get a win. You'll all get this shot for, you know, to meritocracy. We'll go with someone with a heart. The will, New Japan. Mm. Um, it'll take them a while, but the will. Sonata is champion. That hasn't worked out. They're very telling and not showing. That's been the theme for yeah. New Japan. A lot of telling and not showing this year. And then it all ends up with Naito winning. Because <laughs> you're not just a normal G1 that was good instead of telling me to invest in everyone and then just going, oh, I'm going back to Naito. Like, I love Naito. He probably deserves that run, especially when he, when he finally got christened as the top guy and got an absolutely wonderful house against Kenta in February 2020. The world went to hell. Um, so he does deserve the other shot. But like you know what I mean? Like New Japan, even at its best with Naito on top, still an echo of when it was better. Mm. WWE is not as hot as it was in, at WrestleMania or as good. The payback was just boring as all hell. Weird that. A weird um, outlier on the AEW's not as hot as it was, despite an encouraging dynamite. And one of my problems for a long time with wrestling, since the formation of AEW, and I might have mentioned this on a podcast, you might be tired of hearing it, is that there's no one movement yeah, in bubbling underneath that you can gravitate towards and think, oh, imagine if that gets like the major label debut, how awesome that would be. So when I was growing up, it was ECW, and like you got your fix from this like lurid, almost scary organization. Mm-hmm. And then when the monopoly happened, and WWF had pretty much subsumed everything about ECW, you had the ROH, mm-hmm. and then went international with New Japan at the, at the turn of the century, and then you had the elite stuff, um, Elite and NXT at the same time was great because you had a legit indie one and a kind of pretendy indie one. Yeah, you could have both, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. And what's 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 there now 2.0. for something to pilfer, something for the mainstream to pilfer, or for me to get excited about when? You know, what's what, what what's the next movement? What's the next trend? What's the, yeah. What's the next really cool thing? Yeah. That just becomes intoxicating and cult like and the most awesome thing imaginable to get on the ground floor. It's like there's nothing new to really grab onto and everything that's existing, and I feel like between AEW is just in everything, like absolutely everything, mm. often to excess. I'm a bit exhausted by it, honestly. It chews up and spits out hot name is talents. Is that what you're out with wrestling right now? Nah. You love the Fed though, don't you? Yeah, I think it's 
firing. Like, I think WWE's class at the moment. Like, I'd, I have a very, like... It's, I, th- I have this debate with people on Twitter sometimes. It's always in... I don't think people are meaning to be mean about it, but maybe it's my failure to articulate why I lower my standards with WWE. Like... It's more interesting than Jimmy Uso versus AJ Styles. So sorry for a lack of a yeah, let's technical Yeah, talk about this you. instead. Like, there's just two matches announced to SmackDown, and we're kind of making the rest as we go along, so this is a far more enjoyable conversation to have. Like, I... My wife likes to switch off to... Um, couple of UK soaps, keeps a couple in the planner, and that'll be the background stuff she's got on in the evening when she really needs to, like, unwind from work or whatever. And I'll sit there and pick up some bits by osmosis, and I would never judge because I watch wrestling, right? Yeah. Like, and I think there's absolutely a place. Equal amounts of exposition in both mediums. Exactly. Like, I've sometimes got more respect for the soaps because I can see them having to, like, as we've just talked about, drag things out and think, oh, well, at least that scene had a bit of punch to it. Yeah. And, like, WWE doesn't do that half the time. Like, and I, like, the only other way I can think, like, AW existing really helped me be able to sort of like separate the two. There is now clearly a pro wrestling product and there is clearly a WWE and these are different things. Yeah. And that's good. I think that's like helpful to have these two as guides um, and why the standard is higher for AW and all that kind of thing. Like I love, we've really landed on something this last couple of years, like about how much I love plotting. I sometimes love plotting more than storytelling. I like to be shown a thing. AW's better at it. Well, I, like, I don't think it is. Because I don't think that half the time you don't get the conclusion that felt like the basic outcome. I don't think it is better at plotting because I think, like, it's better at storytelling. It gives you angle advancement and character development, angles full stop. It gives you, like, a bit of a fork in the road, a bit of a character having to make a choice. It is a better storytelling promotion. I think WWE, especially in 2023, has been a, like, it's been a tighter plotting promotion. Frustratingly, Paul Heyman will tell you it's bottom of the third, or whatever the hell it is, or Triple H will tell you at WrestleMania, like, the story's not over, losers. You, you like, stupid asshole, yeah. if you only knew what I knew. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, and then, you know, like, look, Cody will probably finish the story at WrestleMania 40, and then he can go, see, now the story's over. New story drops tomorrow night on Raw. And it's like, well, that's actually been better plotted than a lot of major AEW stories I've seen this year. It is. Like, I'm not, I don't get a sense of closure with, I don't know, um, Blood and Guts didn't give me a sense of closure over nah. BCC and the Elite, just for example, but there's yeah, been yeah. more. Like, most of Jericho's storylines, there's always, like, a pin and then a bonus or something like that. Um, like, I feel like the plotting is tighter in WWE, and I don't require, when I tune in, with my popcorn and my clicker, like, I don't require quite that level of, like, emotional fire in my belly that ideally I want from a dynamite. I've accepted these two different things for what they contribute yeah. to my enjoyment. And especially because so much of WWE, a brand that... I've had in my life forever, and you'd be stupid to lie to yourself about that stuck with me, you know, like the, how bad it was for so long. The compromises you make to try and enjoy bits of Vince McMahon's WWE. I don't feel like I have to make those compromises watching Triple H's almost ever. When something's rubbish. You, love tri- you bloody love Triple H. I think, he's a, I think he's a hell of a plotter. I'd be lying if I called him a booker. I ain't a booker, I'm a creative chief. Creative chief. Creative chief. Ain't got no shares in this company. I know, literally. We know this now, that- you ain't got jack. <laughs> like, but um, I like. I think that's why I'm, like, I'm patient. I'm not patient with Jimmy and Solo. I agree with you. It's rubbish. I don't like watching bad performances of a story that I'm not super invested in. I feel like there are elements to this that they've got. In the back pocket. Yeah. And as a result, I think, well, this has got to improve. I'm seeing, like, bad weeks of a thing that I think might still be good. I think that's probably where I'm at with the blue line. For example, I think it's pretty cool on Raw that 
they're doing this judgment day. Everything is fine because we won the tag belt. So you know what? JD McDonough, Ruffle, hey, he's helped us along the way. Well, we're not going to let him in the group, but I saw somebody compare it to Jeff Jarrett and the Four Horsemen. If that's a reference that people get, I love it. Never allowed to be called a horseman. But like Ric Flair liked him. Yeah. And he can help in the tag matches. That's Finn Balor and JD McDonough, right? That's ideal because War Games is coming up, isn't it? So you're looking to set up two teams of four or five yeah. right in time for this time of year. I do believe Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will start showing friction. Just feels like a WrestleMania 40 match to me. I do wonder if one of the Judgment Day members will get injured on the road to War Games. That pulls Jimmy into the match, and Jimmy and Jay have their first face-off in the cage. Feels very WWE, that. You know, they have their first face-off in the cage, they have the next one at the Rumble, they work at Mania. That feels like where this is going to me. Jesus Christ. So I'm plotting, right? Yeah, but like I'm kind of encouraged no, 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 no. kind of encouraged to plot, and it's WWE, it's fairly just broad. To plot. There's a fair chance that some of it will come off. I just off. love to plot. I, I think fantasy booking is unfairly derided, by real assholes on X because it's like you're not supposed to do it. I think it's part of the fun. So I like, oh, like uh, the, the lowercase dickheads. Yeah. The lowercase dickheads. Yeah, you're not allowed to fantasy. Yes, you are. And like... You're not we allowed were, to be earnest in general, though. When we were all kids, fantasy booking was really fun. Yeah, and you're then, not allowed to be earnest. That's your problem. Yeah. Vince McMahon took fantasy booking away because gave you nothing. Yeah. Did, he didn't out. Didn't out what he liked. And I think Triple H rewards fantasy booking because for the most part, he kind of just tell you where he's going and then he just does it. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily, it's like, it's sometimes the straightest, blandest road, but if you've been showing it, it's quite nice. It's quite, yeah. I, I get a certain reward off that. The, to try and get us back to the failings of the bloodline right now. Um, Is that Jimmy Uso's not very good? Jimmy Uso's not great. And Roman Reigns. It's fine to be a really, in a really, really, really good tag team. Yeah. It's like Roman Reigns entering the cake and eat it era of his record setting world title reign. It's just a I bit de- have to give them it's just a bit depressing. Like he's not there. He's 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 just not around. I can't accept the full idea of the work because at SummerSlam or the, in the week before if he doesn't care about it. In the week before they were like That says it all. Yeah. In the week before it was like, well, Roman's not gonna be around or Survivor series. And then people were like, Ooh, maybe that's to build the tease that Jay might win. No, Roman's just not around to survive yeah, a series. And like, fair play to him, go get that contract. Oh, yeah. But in terms of the fiction that I've just described that I want to invest in at a certain level, yeah. I kinda I kinda buy into Paul Heyman pretending to be on the phone and then having a funny interview with Kayla Braxton. It's funny, but I'm not gonna like use this as like another three weeks of story like sort of like yeah. investment, you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. And I just and you're right about the AJ Styles thing as well. Like this feels how can I get excited? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. About AJ Styles. Yeah. Like, I'm not being funny. Like, if you're a discerning wrestling fan, you know for a fact you're not seeing the best version of AJ Styles, right? Um, the best version of AJ Styles for me was in New Japan. It was absolutely incredible. He's shown... TNA for me, Jeff, but... Two good AJs. Two good AJs, two good AJs. <laughs> two styles. Two styles. TLC 2018, one of the most underrated matches in WWE history. I'm not saying AJ Styles isn't... You love TLC 2018 with Styles and Brian, don't you? That's, absolutely it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely. Do you think incredible. you need it a bit because of the Rumble one as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the lads sticking up the joint. Like, for my uh, Danielson, like Ultramark legacy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just we're different wrestling fans, and maybe you're a better fan. Maybe I'm burnt out slash too much of a snob. I, I don't know. I, there's a lot like, of people that can stands. never love the Fed, and I get that. Can never like, love it, but like he's doing nothing mm. of significance. He just he doesn't look like... Put it this way, if he was to leave next year or whatever and cut a shoot interview and say, oh, yeah, I was pretty bored by the end there and I was creatively frustrated, I wasn't in a top spot, um, and, you know, I just wasn't really motivated. I go, of course, all right, okay, that explains it. That absolutely explains the version of AJ Styles I'm watching now. People have this, like, sacred rever- reverence towards the wrestler where yeah. it's like... You can't you criticize an AJ Styles and you say you're bored that he's going to have a match. Yes, I am. I, I cannot get excited about this AJ Styles character right now. And he's basically the fulcrum of the SmackDown. He just doesn't give a toss, Jeff. He lives to uh, he lives to buy the Jaguar, doesn't he? He's Aye. in the buying the Jaguar era of his career. He's got that gigantic house in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and he's he's doing his retirement tour, I guess, and it's there's fewer people who've taken more insane bumps and deserve to do yeah. like Nash adjacent work. But he's him and Seth are the perpetual sacred cows. It always comes back oh, around yeah. those two are the ones. You're like. not allowed to say that Seth Rollins is basically like an antique. And I think he's had like really good spells in the last couple of years, genuinely. Aye. But it's that's not enough. I can't get excited about Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura, for example. I I, I tried. I watched the whole. I, I, I really tried. Like, I, I, like payback put me off getting excited about them two ever again. But I, I really got a tried. Bit Steve Austin over his Rainmaker as well. Yeah, lay it in, kid. Lay in, kid. Um, so I believe AJ Styles and Jimmy Uso are having a very two-star match, and then the camera cuts to the back on the screen. You see Solo Sokoa stood over a downed 
Gallows and Anderson, because then they haven't needed to take the bump on camera. Gallows be thinking. They do be not working. And then AJ's like, what the hell's going on back there? And then, like, Miriam runs off backstage to go and help, and then Jimmy beats AJ in the distraction. I believe that's the finish. So we don't know if Jimmy sent Solo to yeah, take yeah, him out, yeah. but Paul Heyman's called in a favor, and, you know, I think that's that's where we're going. Yes. And we get a tag match out of it, and you get to see if Jimmy and Solo can coexist. I don't care. Uh, I wish I'd... We do this too often, and I want to apologize to all the... Uh, I'm going to start writing down the X users when they nail a take that I think I have to mention this on air to, like, magnify it or at least bring it up. Charlotte Flair and Shotzi versus EO Sky and Bailey. Oh, uh, this could be funny. Yeah. This could be really funny. I saw somebody say, like, and it was just the way they phrased it. I love uh, love Charlotte Flair's new thing. She's, uh, like, an unbelievable big match pay for you wrestler and the worst TV wrestler you've ever seen. I love the way they just, like, just out and out call out for a gimmick. Aye. She does that run in last week where she's supposed to boot, I think it was uh, EO in the face. Like, was she not trying to kick the belt away? Nah, she sucks ass. Is that like, just, I know she, she's bad now yeah, on I, telly. I didn't think she was trying to kick the belt away. I think she was trying to kick EO. And I think it's a really charming throwback to a different time. Because <laughs> now, right, you're meant to be, it's the Minoru Suzuki quote about the WWE developmental graduate and the, the, the wrestler that exists in the WWE system, like primarily. I'm not mm. saying this is Gunther, for Christ's sake. <laughs> the famous Minoru Suzuki quote, if uh, you're not familiar with that um, uh, like class sit-down interview he had with New Japan for the website, basically said that John Moxley's a great wrestler because he can't do certain things. Um, like It's because he can't do sh- that makes him a good wrestler. And it's similar with Suzuki. Suzuki's not doing a moonsault. Suzuki's not doing like a flying space tiger drop. Mm. Like he, he knows what he's absolutely fantastic at, just sticks in his lane and just does that. Whereas you get now, there are so... This is why i become, like, not just a little bit burnt out by what I see from a lot of modern wrestling. Not merely burnt out, but almost incredulous that it has this consistent fan base that will just watch loads of it. We've talked about this last week. We're in the boom, still. We're in a bit of a boom. Mm. I don't get why <laughs> people can watch as much of it as they do, personally. Like, you see... Oh, he's going for a 450. Obvious landing on his feet, rolled through, super kick for the guy who's done the super kick. Oh, he's exhausted. So the double down and the do this for the this is awesome chant. I'm really not trying to be Rip Rogers here. Like, I'm not. I get. But you know when there's a kernel of truth to something stupid? Yeah, no, I completely get why. You know, we talk about like, are we now the old guys that absolutely need to be glad that young people are finding love in, say, the Adam Cole MJF slash bloodline. Um, melodrama. I think I'd rather have some melodrama that I kind of have to like decide if I like it or not than see what you've just described. If I have to have more of one of Over and over and over again. That's the thing. I do not want to be old man yells yells a cloud. I love modern wrestling, mostly. And you always got to try and understand, even if it's not for you. Yes. You can't turn into those people that just shudder it. I can understand why people don't like melodrama. I can't understand how people can go banger, 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 four and a quarter stars in the Observer every single week for these matches where I'm thinking, like, that's meant to convey... How do you feel? Excellence, yeah. But what I'm... I'm doing another big macro <laughs> sort of existential crisis again about wrestling, but to tie it back to the point I was going to make, Charlotte Flair is a, a, a charming throwback to a different time when you were allowed to be crap if you were a star sometimes. Yeah. You I know like, what I mean? I, I like that. Like, wrestling is... 
fundamentally too good for its own good, where it's only just good, like, 90% of the time. Like, we're going to preview a match where I might have the same friggin' rant again. I won't, on collision, listen to that as well. <laughs> but my God, you know what I mean? It's always so fundamentally quite good or very good. Yeah. Can't, hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I can say that's wrong with that, really, other than the complete lack of emotion and the fact I don't feel anything, which betrays the point. It's coming up a lot in uh, John Maxley matches lately, and it's stressing me out. Yes. Charlotte Flair is outwardly almost gleefully rubbish on she television. Hate, she kind of hates the industry a bit. I think she's kind of hates the work. industry. Like, she is... I can understand why she's deeply unpopular <laughs> in the locker room, which, you know, the rumours go have yeah. gone back for years. We know very much people on the record are saying that they just don't like her. She took her head scissors off Yo Sky about two months ago, three months ago, I want to say. Move forward with her left foot to the point where it's like, right, you haven't absorbed anything here. And then she just performed a forward roll mm-hmm. kind of thing that you can do without minimizing. It's not just like I, my daughter, who's also called Charlotte. It's a coincidence. Yeah. One that I'm, maybe I wish I'd found out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Do you consider yourself like a 16 world, like 16 time world champion of the content? Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. So she loves a forward roll in the house sometimes, right? Bear in mind, she's on a carpet underneath which is. Concrete or wood or both. Yeah. And the way she... I think it's a forward roll. I'm explaining this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hurt. No. You might like you might go, ooh, back. It's not a bump. No. Charlotte Flair on television is so apathetic <laughs> that she will just do that instead of a bump or she will lazily just throw a leg in the direction of summit. Because that's what she's been told to do by the creative writer or by Triple H. Yeah. And then it'll look terrible. It'll get MP4 and gift and laughed at and mocked and ridiculed. And then she'll go on a pay-per-view. <laughs> that's where the money is, Jack. Turn Rhea Ripley. That's where the legacies are built, Jack. Jack. Definitely one of the matches of the year. Turn Rhea Ripley. Unbelievable. That was absolutely fantastic. just knocked 10 bells out of me. It was absolutely fantastic. And then she's that absolute old school wrestler. It's like flair. Then again, he was a workhorse. What's the, what's the problem? It was like, all right, you're, you're in Iowa. No offense to anyone from Iowa. Yeah. You're in Iowa. You're in an angle. You're in a match with Eos Sky that not a single soul is going to remember. But it has to be good to an extent or technically, air quotes, good because you can't do rubbish now. It's mm-hmm. all blandly good. But you don't have to bump if you're clever. All right, okay, I'll just do a forward roll. Well, can you, we try on pay-per-view? Yeah? All right, okay, cool. <laughs> That's how she gets away with it. They, yeah. like... I like that. There's something about people in these positions, like football managers and wrestling bookers, where they're so remarkably patient, and they remember where their bread's butter. They'll know they're going to get something out of Charlotte on pay-per-view that they're not necessarily going to get out of even Asuka all of the time. Yeah. Or they still don't know how much they're going to get with it, with a R- Raquel Rodriguez, who was... Pretty rubbish at payback, for example. Yeah, it went a bit wrong. They like, they just, they trust certain people implicitly. Or they'll do the job on the PLE where it matters sort of thing. And then they do. And then they do. You kind of make me like Charlotte Flair all over again, because I remember it was kind of... She's the closest living equivalent to Kevin Nash. Yeah, there are many awakenings you have as a wrestling fan. Working equivalent. And I remember that, like, 
uh, like the, not one springs to mind, but I remember the first time it was probably mentioned in a Power Slam or on Primitive, you know, 1997 internet or whatever. The first time I read any point about how oh, this is one of their matches where the guy was injured slash didn't want to take bumps. And then you go back and watch the match, having already seen it before, and it's only then that you notice that they don't take a single bump over yeah, yeah. you're like, oh my God, that's dark art stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not the kind of like storytelling dark arts, just the, this is a job. Yeah. And not tonight. Not tonight, not for me. Yeah. And I, I remember, again, I what, loads out of it's shots. why I'm a Nash guy, is because I look at that, I was like, oh my God, that's really clever. Yeah. That's really smart I, stuff. Honestly, I love watching Charlotte Flair for every reason. Kind of got she me doesn't it. give me an endless, endless series of... Matches that you suffer an existential crisis watching because they are so blandly good. They are so well executed despite conforming to a tiresome, exhausting, redundant series of cliches. Mm. She doesn't subject you to that existential crisis. I watch, best example, I think, from this year in NXT, Mustafa Ali. He's, work, he's grafting. Yeah, he's working he his arse off. He's, he happens to be doing so in a, within a style, within the parameters of a style that I'm completely bored of, unless it's like in an amazing level. And I feel like, oh, gee, I feel like such a dickhead. I feel like such a old, cynical, dead inside dickhead for watching him do that and think, oh, good, thank you. You again. You again. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate Charlotte Flair for, A, turning it up on the papes, on the PLEs, and just genuinely being kind of class, <laughs> doing some things that are really funny, yeah, and not subjecting me to that existential crisis by simply dogging it when it doesn't really matter that much. Thank you, Charlotte Flair. More people should follow your example. In one of the bullet points, can you put in praise of Charlotte Flair? Yeah. Because people hate her. Yeah. People hate that she does not care that much on TV. I have gone so far in the opposite direction, post-work rate, <laughs> that I'm like, oh, it gives a sloppy, gives she's a sloppy, f- jalopy son of a bitch. She's the first post-work rate cult hero, and there will be more. Yes, for Charlotte me, Charlotte anyway. Flair's the first one. Uh-huh. So, right then. She gives you an account, she knows when to pick a spot. I, I don't care for hearing spots, and I'm sure you have none, but her and Shotty versus Eosky and Bailey. That could be hilariously bad, this. Yeah. Shotzi, I think Shotzi's How's like... How's Charlotte Flair going to interact with Shotzi, her ostensible friend here? I think she's making a fist of this, like, she's wacky because she's had a haircut. Like, it's a good look. Like, she's immediately made this look her... Like, I like that about We're Shotzi. talking about the fiction, not the real-life reasons. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, they, they were absolutely incredible. Yeah, again. She, she knows how to, like, make this, like, very unique look and this personality she's got work for her. Is this for... Can you imagine them doing a double team? It's going to be hilarious. It might be a no team. Yeah. Like, not just, oh, one person gets the elbow right and the other one misses it. Like, one, both of them might just miss by seven feet. No, man. Despite being two feet away from the target. You've cracked something here. These are going to be the most in-sync team in wrestling history. You know why? Because Charlotte Flair on television is like, tanks, she doesn't give a sh-. Yes. So that, that, that's it. The simpatico of these two. Right, who cares about the match? I watch it live. Is this in service? Get, imagine get the cereal out for this one. All right. Because <laughs> you drown because you fall asleep you in milk. You will never get the cereal for Raw. I can't, man. It's like, it's it doesn't fit like three hours. It just feels like such a, like that one less hour of sleep for whatever reason is just like, no, that's, that's too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this match, it's got to be in service of either Charlotte or Shotzi getting the EO Sky match. Charlotte gives you the good PLE match, which I think will be for Fastlane, I think. Shotzi... Gives you a potential disaster in waiting, but like, you've got to start getting some women over. 
Oh, God, I. What's the... Give me, like, I don't care about the spots of the match. What's the direction? What's the goal of this? I don't know. Where are we headed? Um, for Fastlane. Because Eo needs a challenge. Eo, like, she's the world champion and it's paper stuff at the moment. Like, she actually needs a... You probably get, you could get these two matches going into a singles. Will Shotzi get a pay-per-view, a PLE match? I don't think so, really. Easy win for Eo, though, isn't it? Like, gets a... Gets a rolling. Aye. This is what I mean. The game likes this, likes his plotting. Like it's going to be rubbish, but he loves this sort of plotting. He's like, uh, right, first three defenses ain't going to matter. Like just ain't going to matter. It ain't going to matter. I get the I dub. I, uh, um, Charlotte Flair babyface. <laughs> she can never. Uh, you know, you know, people have been asking yeah, yeah. this question for as long as they've been questioning the origins <laughs> of the universe. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Is she meant to be a babyface right, right now, now? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I wonder how she's going to interact. I wonder if she'll, like, interact with any kind of semblance of warmth <laughs> or, like, team spirit with Shotzi or if she just will act like she does not want to be there at all. Me and Murray last week gathering around to rewatch the belt swap. Oh, my God. Huge pops in the office. It's, like, I think that was one of my darkest days as a wrestling fan, that segment. And yet, like, it was because, right? That was Shout- Vince, wasn't it? Yeah. Vince Shout out to Josh Brown, who has taken a, an interest in wrestling on a sort of subversive level, Dark Side of the Rings, his cup of tea. Oh, is he? I didn't know like, that. It's, well, not in wrestling, really. He's asking about, like, he's trying to work out what exactly is he likes about it because, like, he likes seeing backstage politics manifest on screen. Yes. Doesn't necessarily need the fiction. He's got his... Like, he used to like it back in the old day, didn't he? Yeah. But he's got, like, you know, film and television that does fiction well for his fiction. Yeah. It's like, how, how is it possible that they can go out there and do this physical stuff and hate each other? Or how, like, the politics, how can they be seen as being? The punker was a fascinating figure to him, all that kind of thing. And I was like, I showed him that. And I showed him the Roman Reigns, John Cena, No Mercy build promo. Uh, I was like, this is, like, the industry not functioning. But we get to see it anyway. We're going to see it anyway. Like the belt swap stuff. So I was like, we are ended up watching the belt swap segment. In belt full swap. Again. That's actually going to do a. Uh, I need that entry for a list that I'm working on right now. So that's good. Because just when she won't give Becky the belt, and Becky has no choice but to like try and save face by throwing at her, and has to get backstage before she. It just screams. Yeah. Just screams and hits her. Like Charlotte could never be a babyface again from that moment. She never was. Uh, she, yeah, never, she never was. But that's the thing fundamentally was. about my. Again, fundamental difference between AEW and WWE. We can do culture war stuff on a podcast. We don't want to pollute Twitter with it. Yeah. It's like they don't like the vibe. It's synthetic. They don't like the people in charge. They WWE is the company that will see Charlotte Flair as a baby face, whereas AEW would never. And that's yeah. some, that is one of the differences for me. Do you know what I mean? This is great. We've gone more than long enough to not need to talk about the two points I put in our preview notes. What were they, just very quickly? I had to make up. Now that Ray's beat Theory, <laughs> will Santos ask for next? Yes, yes, of course he will. And they'll right. do this like... I like uh, this story. It's a good story. Yeah. I don't want to like completely, you know... But they haven't advertised it. This is just me speculating. Yeah, no, I like so. the story. I've told you I like the story. So, move on. Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits came out as hand-slapping, high-fiving babyfaces last week. The Street Profits have got the cups back at the heels of the babyfaces. And will they actually have a feud or are they just going to stand around and suit? I've got cool. absolutely no idea, but I'll tell you what... Um, that would be some really cool stuff to do. I know it's, it's way too far away. Like, a Bobby Lashley-led stable. Basically, when Roman drops that belt to Cody, mm. you either turn Roman babyface immediately, have him come back as a part-timer, or you could do one more full-time program, have Lashley then beat him, because Lashley's absolutely ageless. 
So maybe you could turn them babyface for the exact of the express purpose of having them feud with the bloodline. Here we go. Yeah, like I can you imagine Lashley in a suit, and I know it's a Reddit thing that I never read bought. Because if you watch no one's making a bio DVD of the hurt business because it was terrible. It just looked good. Yeah. Lashley in a suit as a babyface with like a group going nose to nose with Roman Reigns with that sort of like tracksuit elite yeah. athlete look. That could be some of the coolest, like capital C, coolest stuff WWE's done. Well, it's, we're there now if they had the commitment, and then maybe they do. Maybe they show the courage of the convictions with this new group. But like Solo and Jimmy being on terms but not really being mates should, by all rights, get their asses handed to them by Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Not least because there's three of them. But like they're a unified force against these two that are kind of a bit fractured. Fuck that. Yeah. Like let's uh, If you're going to get this stable off and running, do it the proper way and have them go, well, we'll take those out straight away. Like, there's something for them to do. We'll see, I guess. Let's uh, go full circle on this one, Sige, because I think this has been, like many of our preview chats, when there's so little on the docket, it's just nice to have a talk. State of the industry stuff. We started this where you were like, what's working for you about the Fed right now? And, you know, we've talked a lot on the Dynamite review about AEW and where that's succeeding and failing and stuff like that. We're coming up to the Survivor Series build, which, because it's Triple H, I think he's kind of restored the idea that that's kind of when WrestleMania can start and start putting the pieces together. What brings you in, genuinely, earnestly, what brings you in at WWE from now? Like, what, SmackDown, you've kind of, like, casting off. I'm higher on Raw than you, but you're able to find credit for no, Raw. I think Raw, despite the tropes that I've talked about endlessly for seven years, is close to the best version it could possibly be, I think. Yeah. What's what's bringing you in on WWE as we head to the road to the road to WrestleMania? Like what, me or the crowd? You, yeah, you. I think people want to know that. Like, you, like uh, set it, set it challenges that it has a chance of succeeding. At. For me, it's the the complete presentation overhaul, <laughs> whose presentation has um saw them mount a resurgence on a level that is absolutely staggering is an objective achievement. It just isn't to my tastes. Mm. But I give them credit, right, is that, you know, it's a big, stupid corporate monolith that isn't going to give you that energy, and they're not going to let people do scripted promos. Like, it almost, they think it has to be a certain way, and it's successful. Um, But, you know, a lot of the stuff that I used to complain about, and maybe it does deserve those complaints elsewhere, like, They'll let Gunther be Gunther. Yeah. And maybe if someone can get over, if Triple H frankly likes them enough, they'll let them work like Gunther. A completely distinct style, incredibly physical, realize that the man is a total and utter genius at what he does. He therefore can dump Chad Gable on his head, or more specifically, look like he's dumping him on his head, but it's got such impeccable technique. That half and half, was it, that he did to Gable? Oh, my God. Um, that they know, right? Anyone we that put on break exchanges, I, <laughs> I, anything that we do, anyone we put in there with him, they'll be safe as houses. To kill him because he's not. It's that Taz thing where Taz, his suplexes made you look like uh, he's killed that guy. Mm. No, he's just, he's just an expert at the technique. Like maybe I'm not giving them enough credit because oh, they're letting a wrestler be the best version of themselves, even if what they do looks risky but isn't because he's so genius. Again, I've seen I've seen New Japan and AEW do that for a combined 
what, almost 20 years of me watching, or like 15 years of me watching. Mm-hmm. WWE does it. Oh, do we do a throw ticket tape parade for them? Maybe that's too harsh. Let's uh, let's end this. I've enjoyed this. Yes. Let's end this on um, a guy. A that, scattered conversation. A, a guy that right now, probably never more than in his career, maybe other than 2020, very, very emotionally attached to that run. But Cody Rhodes right now has probably never been right in the middle of the Dadley Venn diagram than he is right now in terms yes. of our kind of adoration for who he is as a worker, whatever. Where would you rank his Ellis Island promo in your all-time AW promos? Top three? Five? Um, it's up there, isn't it? It's up there. It very much is up there. He did a... I'll put the interview over because I've got it. He did an interview on the Dale Jr. Download podcast and we haven't talked about his other desk and I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a couple of pull quotes I was looking forward to talking to you about, so let's do it on microphone. He, uh, being Cody was at pains to put over the process that works within WWE because he sees Cody and he knows yeah. how to do these things. And he uses um, how, he says, quote, I got in my own way creatively. And he talks about how like he sees images of Ring of Honor when Joe Coff gave him complete creative freedom. And he references how that he'll watch some of his Ring of Honor footage and there's one of his entrances he makes with both Barry the business bear and Barry the drug-free bear at the same time. Yeah. It's Cody Rhodes walking to the ringside with two guys in bear outfits, right? And you remember at the time how fun that was. It was like yeah. one of the times one of the bears was Kenny. And Is one of the bears going to... You knew there was going to be someone under it. Genuinely, one week, I thought one of the bears might be CM Punk because All In was announced to Chicago. Yeah. It was like, Is this, is this, does he take the head? You know, whatever. Uh, and he's, he's now mocking it a little bit. And he's probably right to do that. But he's talking about, and I just, when you said unscripted promos, it reminded me. He says, when I was away from WWE, this is a quote, when I was away from WWE, I thought the writing team was the dumbest ever. Why do you need thought, 40 people, I thought, why do you need this? Why do you need all that? And then I realized through trial and error, doing my own interviews, and I love this turn of phrase from the Codester, I can hit a home run on my own. This is referring to AEW. But also, I am capable of a catastrophic strike out at the plate. And maybe it would be nice to have somebody there just go, don't say that. Say it a little differently. The, Has he, he nailed? referring to the solved racism. He yes. himself knows. Yeah. What the freak was I thinking with that? That was his all-time worst. And in that run, there was a couple more, wasn't there? Cody versus stuff, there was a couple in there. Has he, and again, I'm talking about Dadley Venn diagram stuff here. Has he nailed it? Not the, for me. He's done the opposite. Well, right. I think he's nailed it. He's na- if, right. he, if, he, if that was AW. I'm not blaming Hanger here. Hanger Page never says the workers' rights line, does he? Jungle Boy doesn't say, cry me a river. I think those are different conversations. Okay, oh, there you go. So if in my mind, Cody does that, and he's like, and I'm thinking, yes, there you go. Like, that's it. Like, I'm not, I don't want 40 writers any more than you do. I want a couple of sub-editors. But this goes back to that wrestling energy I need, mm. where I would much rather, I made this point, right, and I wish I could remember the article. <laughs> Maybe I've done it in several, right? This is well before AEW formed. It was sometime, obviously, between 2016 and 2019, or 2016 and 2018. I tried to make the point, when I was like saying, this is why WWE should stop scripting almost as much, is that if you cut a promo, there are three outcomes, right? You either, well, to use Cody's vernacular here, home run, mm-hmm. strike out, or you do it well enough, but... You're not embarrassing yourself. And what is that like? Second base. Yeah, like, something like that. Gets the yeah. second base. Gets home. And First base. Gets, gets, gets like one. It's a, it's a clean enough connection, but... Well, let's stop the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Drop the bat. Yeah. And I said, so often, because of how meticulously it's done, how much it's clearly somebody else's words, 
how there's the same rhythm of a WWE promo with those pauses where they, for some reason, just invite the watch hands. Because tonight? Yes. Yeah. Why not do them, not script them? Because that's one of the possibilities anyway. I would much rather have John Moxley after, and I don't know how he did this, and it only lasted as long as his mouth was open because the vibe just pretty much went back. For those five minutes where he cut that promo about the I was meant to be on vacation promo mm. on the Dynamite after Brawl. Oh, out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> even, Face of God I don't stuff want to mention him by name, even the most vocal anti-AEW critic who hates Moxley as well, so that's one of the best wrestling promos I've ever heard in my goddamn life. Yeah. You either get that or you get the hilarity that ensues with, you know me. <laughs> you don't know me. I'd rather have, I want to feel an extreme thing one way or the other. Hmm. I want to feel arse, cl- like, clutching embarrassment or I will run through brick walls for this person. Highest risk, highest reward. Yeah, I do not want a rounded off smooth edges wrestler, promo, company, philosophy, anything. And over the past however many years of being in this job, which helps and doesn't, I've seen so much 7 out of 10 that that is, means nothing to me. That's it, isn't it? And I prefer a flan. Exactly. Yeah. This is good. If SmackDown actually plotted, dickhead, <laughs> we wouldn't have had to have this conversation. So why don't you? Don't you sing my gig? <laughs> It plotted just as a preview. Another dignified Dadly Digest. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. for you. Said you love that. Uh, yeah. Do you love this? Because uh, thankfully there's going to be somebody back at the wheel in the next couple of weeks. So you ain't going to get too many more of these. He'll keep us on track. But uh, yeah, if you've got any thoughts on, well, I guess, wrestling, because you couldn't possibly have any on SmackDown, that'd be impossible. Uh, let us know in the replies. That's still cooking, though. In the replies. Oh, it's, it's so, man, the smells are so bland. It's great. Like, yeah, there's Cormas and Passanders out the ass coming out of this show right now. What? Cormas and Passanders. Keeping it bland. I like a hot curry. I like a. Playing wrestling. <laughs> follow me at M. Sidgwick on eggs. WWE kicks Madreus. Uh, follow me at Michael Hamlet. Sidgwick's appalled at that wordplay. Uh, follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, we'll be back later with the collision preview. I'll say this now because we will forget multiple times. There will be rampage spoilers, but I'll try and schedule it so it drops on a Saturday, so then it's up yeah. to your ass to watch it anyway. Nobody watches rampage. Um, and until next More time, watch Rampage than Collision. <laughs> until next time, we will see you soon. Thanks, CM Punk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.